0: Good morning, everybody. Hopefully you're doing okay. I've been having a heck of a morning. Things just have not been wanting to work right. So hopefully everything's all figured out and we can get on and have a good show. So we'll have to be mindful of watching how things happen to see if anything falls apart. Let me just readjust my camera here a little bit. So... Hopefully you're having an outstanding Monday morning. Welcome to the Break the Cycle with DSD. I'm your host, Dwayne. I am not a therapist. I'm an individual much like you who's been through a traumatic experience and developed some tips and techniques that kept me sane that I share with you to hopefully get your life back, minimize the damage of a narcissistic ex, and if you have children, undo some of the parental alienation and uh, just break free from these people. Remember that only a therapist, a licensed uh, clinician in a clinical environment can make a diagnosis of somebody with a mental disorder or any other issue like that. So be incredibly careful that you're not going around throwing around terms that, uh, uh, not that they don't count, but that uh, you haven't, that hasn't been diagnosed because you can get yourself into trouble. If you like what's going on here and you want to support the channel, you can do that by becoming a channel member over on YouTube, just go to youtube.com slash Dad Surviving Divorce. Look for the Join button. Click on it. You'll get all kinds of cool uh, badges and emojis that you can use during the live shows. If you want to be notified via text when these shows are going on, I had a button that worked, but it doesn't work now, that uh, will let you do that. The number is, are uh, you text Live to 844-598-0012. And you can find that in the uh, in the not comments below, but the description in the show notes. The phone lines are open 1424 DSD live. So as this is <laughs> playing out, I just have to say I have been having a heck of a time with my system. I spent a lot of time over the weekend trying to troubleshoot things. I had to delete everything and reload it to try to figure out what in the world was going on. Uh, I don't know if I've actually found the problem. Uh, I know I've introduced extra problems, but so that is uh, one of those things that'll just be be exciting. (laughs) Hold on a second. I got to grab this. John Steinbeck, who runs Brainwashing Children, who at some point we will actually have a collaboration. I'm not sure when, but we're working on that. He's currently watching from uh, 777 over Iraq. He's a pilot and uh, spends a lot of his time in the air, which makes it, that's what makes it so difficult. It's not even like a normal job. It's like whenever he's off work, it's not like he's at his house. So one of these days we'll be able to, uh, to actually set things up. So, Holy cow, man. This is just crazy. Uh, the You Get to Be You series is still going on. Uh, you can sign up for that at uh, yougettobeyou.com slash Dwayne. To- I was going to talk about who today's speaker was, but uh, I spent literally, for the last hour, I've been rebooting my machine, trying to get it to come up, rebooting it again. It would crash, rebooting it again. And literally, I mean, I, I, people, if you scroll up at the top, I put a comment saying, I'm hoping, I'm hoping that this will actually work. And, uh, (laughs) finally it loaded like about 15 minutes before, before the show was ready, are supposed to start. So just, yeah, good times, good times all the way around. Hold on a second. See, the other problem is, is that I have, uh, since I reloaded the software, it's all went back to default. So I'm happy to, to reconfigure certain things and change certain messages. Not that I want to make this a, uh, uh, what do you call it, a uh, a troubleshooting thing. But the reality is, is that uh, I'm going to be dealing with this probably for at least today. So we got a few people in today, which is outstanding. Um, Just trying to make sure what I'm looking at here, because I got a couple of different things. Uh, so there was a comment that uh, let's see, did it did it populate over? So DC had asked a question. Uh, I'm going to grab this real quick, and then I'm going to do I'm going to do something like this. And oh man, it's it's frustrating when you spend all the time to try to set something up just for it to be <laughs> be completely just clobbered. Uh, let's go to 36. Let's see if that makes it a little bit better. There we go. I can kind of see that a little bit better. Okay. So DC says, uh, wondering whether, wondering about trying to settle my divorce, do covert narcissists prefer to do battle in court rather than engage in settlement process? We tried mediation and that failed. Well, here's the problem with that is that they have absolutely nothing to lose by taking it to court. So typically what normally happens with anybody man or woman, if you're dealing with a toxic person, you'll go to mediation because most places force you to do that. When you walk in and try to, uh, set things up or not set things up, but you say what you want, which is typically like, Hey, I want 50 50. The other person's like, no, you will have supervised visitation or no, you will. You know, I think, I think every other weekend's appropriate. That's what mine said to me, you know, it's like, well, he was never around anyways. So, you know, he can have, he can, he can see them a couple of times a month. The problem is, <clears throat> excuse me, the problem is, is that them agreeing to, your, to anything giving you any ground is not an advantage to them. So, see, a normal person would go in and say, okay, this is a Charlie Foxtrot. Do I really want to do all this? Is it really worth the money? You know, how do we come up to a, a peaceful resolution to where we can get along you know, it's try to minimize the chaos in this little catastrophe called, you know, the divorce and, uh, move on. The problem is they don't think that way. So DC, the problem is, or the reality is you're more than likely one of two things going to happen. You're more than likely going to have to go to court or you're going to have to get to a point to where they run out of money or their attorney gets so irritated with them that they don't even want to play their game anymore. And they really encourage them to, uh, to settle. It's just the I mean, it's just the reality of the situation. It's obviously not a, a fun situation. So, but that's what, uh, that is unfortunately how things normally go. So typically I wouldn't say they like to do battle in court. But they like to make you fight for every little inch you get. So you have to let me know if that helps. John Boston says, Covert nars want all the flying monkeys they can get, so that means court and lots of drama and money spent for nothing and kids destroyed. Unfortunately, that is a reality. So now I have to figure out how to turn out off the sounds because now I have, I have, uh, what do you call it, that little blink every time somebody does... Um, does a, uh, what do you call it, a comment. It's making noise, and I want to try to turn that off. Is it under audio? Nope, that doesn't work. Sorry about this, guys. Play animated sound. There we go. See, I had to go through, and all this stuff that I had to learn before, I have to remember what I did so I can undo it. Scott, (laughs) Scott says, make sure you give a thumbs up to improve viewership. Why, thank you, sir. I appreciate that. Oh, John's actually a a passenger. He's not actually working. Well, good for you, man. Or he might actually be a passenger passenger to go go to work maybe. Uh, see, I'm trying to see Mr. Man said something I'm trying to figure out what it was. It says, "Is it expensive to add to a court?" Oh, it just said standalone question. "Is it expensive to add to a court order?" Uh, the reality is it's going to be, well, it depends if, if, which is going to be highly unlikely, but let's say hypothetically that your ex is willing to not negotiate, but willing to, uh, agree and stipulate, do a stipulated agreement. Then it could be relatively inexpensive. Maybe you might just hire a paralegal to draft it up and you guys can submit it. The problem is, is When you're dealing with a toxic person, that very rarely happens. So more than likely what's going to occur is they are going to say, no, you're going to have to take it to court and you're going to have to pay the money to do that. Now, if you're paying an attorney, that is going to be expensive. If you have an attorney you've already paid and you don't have to do another retainer, then potentially maybe it could be less, but if they push the buttons to make it go as far as they possibly can, then it's going to be a little bit more complicated, and as a result of that, more expensive. So it it really depends. You know, I'm. I, don't, I mean, that's that's the short answer, or that's the answer without all the details. So uh, it looks like I do have a caller. So let me. I'll grab the first one who is a return caller, or actually, I think look, they both are. Welcome to the show.
1: Dwayne, how
0: are you? It's Frank. Hey, Frank. Actually, I was I was, I was just waiting to wonder if this was actually going to work with all the problems I'm having. How are you doing today?
1: I'm good. I'm good. Um, I mean, actually, I hit a real low point yesterday, but I um, had a breakthrough and don't really have a specific reason why I had a breakthrough. I just, you, sometimes you just sit low, and you just bounce back emotionally, but, um, you know, it's been really hard you know, I found out that, you know, I was having problems with my daughter last week. Right. Um, Found out that she's met with her therapist and my son's met with his therapist and, you know, and then the parenting coordinator who's sort of like the family therapist also met with my daughter and they've all concluded that I'm not, uh, that I'm doing something wrong with my kids and it's all based on a bunch of lies and so you have. And then we're heading into court. So we're heading into court, you know, and and, and the uh the mother has all of this information to make it look like I'm a bad guy for mental health professionals and it's all based on baloney. So you know, starting to get overwhelmed by it, you know, I was thinking about it all yesterday and but I'm okay now. I just it's just all part of the game. It's it's, it's this is about as bad as it can get, but um but I'm okay. I'm dealing with it.
0: Yeah, it's it's I don't We had a, we've had a, I've had a couple of people I've talked to recently where everything has kind of been stacked against them, but when they finally got into court, things changed. You know, I mean, you never completely know, but it's like until, until you've lost, you haven't really lost, you know what I mean? But I mean, it's, but I also get it at the same time dealing with this constantly and constantly fighting and constantly having to go through this. Just gets emotionally draining. It's like it never stops.
1: Yeah, but I've I've been following your advice on you know no contact, and I've I've always listened to it, but there's like different degrees of it, right? Because you, you always have to communicate, right? Because it's it's pseudo no contact or par, I forget the term you use. Um, partial no contact. Hybrid no contact. You, you obviously don't. Sorry, thank you. Hybrid no contact. And I recommend everyone to watch your videos on that. But um, it's uh, so you can do it at different degrees. And when things get stressful, it's it's good to try to, you know, focus more on the on the no contact part of that, and and really try to minimize it as much as possible. Because you realize that, you know, it just helps you emotionally. They they just find ways of messing with you through it. even the smallest communication. So you just Keep it really focused on logistical issues, like picking up here, picking up there, times and dates and places and nothing more. Um, so that, that, that's helping me. Although my lawyer is also intervening on a lot of stuff. So I can lean on him a little more and I don't know if I can afford that, but, uh, if, if you can't afford that and your ex is really just hyper manipulative, it can be good to have a third party
0: in the middle. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you know, it's the best way to go if you can, because the every time they have a connection with us, they have a ten. Well, not have a tendency. Their whole goal is to wear you down. I mean, even even forcing yeah. you to have to use an attorney can wear you down. But in a lot of ways, it's easier whenever they're handling the communication to where you're not having to deal with it.
1: And my attorney gave me a fix you know and it's reasonable he's not billing the hourly which is very unusual especially in New York because everything's very expensive here and all the attorneys are you know generally motivated to stack up their bills you know to um, bill you as much as possible so it's uh, oh yeah I'm lucky in that regard he's not a matrimonial attorney so it's a little tough I'm actually looking for a second attorney who can kind of advise me that maybe it's a little more expensive but you know for all the motion, work and all the court preparation and court appearance, he's there, but for the, you know, but it's kind of, you know, I'm learning that it kind of doesn't really make sense because the main reason to get a matrimonial, a good attorney, and I keep hearing this is because of the political sway that certain attorneys have, because they know the judges, they're known in the court, and it's just amazing to me that how openly people can talk about the fact that you need an expensive attorney because they have political sway. Like, whatever happened to right and wrong and truth and lies and, you know, and the child should be spending more time with the better parent, not the parent who has more money who can afford the better attorney because they have political sway in the court. It's just, you know, when you think of all the shit you have to, excuse my language, all the stuff you have to deal with, it's it's just crazy, It's But, you know, you hang in there, you find yeah you know, I was listening to some stuff on self compassion there's this author named kristen Neff and it's really a great concept something like only like twenty percent of her audience is men, but so she like relabeled it for men like self strength or but the the concept is dead on so it's another it's it's something I really recommend for people who are going through this it's self self compassion kristen neff n e s f she's amazing
0: in it you know no thanks for sharing that I appreciate it. And just hang in there, man. I mean, it's, you know, these things go up and down. I mean, I I remember going through that myself. And there were days where it just felt like, what am I doing? You know, and then, I mean, look at me now. I mean, you know, nine years later. And I mean, I never thought in a million years I'd be able to get to this point.
1: Yeah, you know it's it's so hard. One more tip for the listeners: educate yourself on parental alienation. Like, really educate yourself because there's a lot of traps with it that you could fall into. Oh yeah. Even if it's subtle parental alienation, you could it can start subtly, and you could actually make it worse yourself. You can you can turn it from subtle to extreme alienation by unknowingly doing the wrong thing. Very important to educate yourself on on what how that works It's almost all of these personality types engage in that to some degree. And if you handle it wrong, you make it worse. Yeah. That was just the other thing I wanted to ask. So yeah. thanks for everything you do. You're, you're awesome.
0: Yeah. Thanks for calling in. Hope your day gets better, man. So hold on. Let me hit the right button here. He made a really great point at the end. And I just want to, I want to stay on that is Oftentimes we fall for the traps that are set for us by the X. They they're able to either remotely push our buttons or effectively get our kids to do it. And then by our responses, we start undermining our relationship with our kids. Your best defense against this is to maintain as positive a relationship as you can with your children. And that's really tough because oftentimes with these double binds that they try to set up, it makes it really not impossible, but it makes it really complicated because you really have to think strategically, not tactically about the decision you're about to make. So if, and what I mean by that is like, for instance, let me just use a quick example or try to make it a quick example. A few years ago, my middle daughter I've told this story before but my middle daughter had a friend who was coming back to California from another state and it was amazingly set up exactly whenever I had my vacation scheduled with uh with the kids. So what happened with that is I get a note from the ex basically saying, "Hey, um we're going to do this girl night out thing. You have to keep our son Uh, the other two, the girls are going to go with me and it's going to be awesome. Let me know. And as soon as I got the email, I was like, holy hell, I knew I'd already lost. Now I didn't respond immediately to it because I was so frustrated by it. And I was getting different advice from different people on how to deal with it. But uh, fortunately I was able to kind of like take a step back, pause before I, you know, leaped into this situation. And I just waited. Cause I knew the second that this actually came up, a second that my daughter found out about it, it was, there was no way I was going to be able to say no. And initially that's what it was. It was like, you know, that was the advice, like say no, there, there's no reason to do this. Uh, no. And I'm like, nah, I can't do that. So after a few days, the ex finally told, uh, our daughter. So then she comes over, she's all excited. Can I go, can I go? And I'm like, you know, of course you're going to be able to go. And what I was trying to do is find, how can I salvage this disaster of a situation to where it didn't completely, you know, screw up my relationship with my daughter. Now I had every right to say, Hey, sorry, pumpkin. We already had plans. We already have vacation stuff going on. Now, had we had like serious plans where we had a a reservation someplace, then that would have been a more complicated issue. Fortunately, I was able to move things around and that's ultimately what I did. And even that almost blew up in my face because it was like, you know, the the first week of our vacation, that's whenever the, or when that friend was going to be in town. So I was like, all right, no problem. We'll do this, but I want my other days these other days. And that turned into a, to a complete disaster. I remember walking in the doors right there. Daughter walked in right after that. She starts screaming at me. How dare I make this about me? This is about her. You know, I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm trying to make sure that you can go to, to do this. You need to chill out. And all I'm doing is is like swapping time. So these two days that were going to be my vacation, we'll move them over there. It's not a big deal. But she had already been primed by her mom that I was the bad guy that I was trying to make that that I was I mean it was the narrative was the whole purpose of it was for me to say no that's what that's what the goal was it was like okay how can the ex set up a scenario that I would fall for the trap to basically undermine my my own relationship with my kid Is this close to actually happening and had I had I followed advice from multiple other people I would have done exactly that. You guys have to take a breath and look at the long term. Like I always talk about, you have to look at the war on what you're trying to do. I could have won that battle. I could have, I, well, I don't even know if I could have won it. I remember one point when we were out to dinner, it was me and the three kids and the, my daughter, we were talking about, it. And I said, well, of course you're going to be able to go. I said, besides that, if we were going to Hawaii, it would have been a you know disaster. You wouldn't want to go. She's like, No, yeah, I wouldn't have gone. You know I mean? Just, just a really negative attitude. So it's one of those things where you have to, you have to anticipate that your ex is not going to play by any rules, that they're basically going to be evil and subversive. And you have to be able to recognize it, not take the bait, not go down the pit of hell and try to make the best of it as you possibly can. I mean, unfortunately in the situation I was talking about, I was, I was, but it absolutely wasn't easy. It was an incredibly stressful few weeks that was not fun at all. Anyways, oh, man. Uh, I have another caller. Let me grab them. Uh, anybody interested? The phone number is 1-424-373-5483. Actually, I have two callers, but I'm going to go to area code 518 first. Uh, make sure I got that set up right. Good morning and welcome to the show.
1: Hey, Dwayne.
0: Hey, how are you doing this hey, morning?
1: Another fun day.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like
1: just reiterate what you said with uh, parental alienation, you know, that whole situation you run running into. It's one of those classic double binds. And I've had a couple of those myself where, you know, at the beginning, I would make the error of, you know, let's stick to the order. And as time went on, you know, I learned a little more and got a little less triggered by the whole situation and that. But, reason for the call today is uh i have a friend who uh oh i think you might have lost me no you're there oh okay i i have a friend who uh suddenly i his uh one of his potential narcs children reached out to me yesterday with this diatribe of you know Stop talking about my mother. This that, and the other, you know, keeps bad mouthing her, and you know, threw coffee in my face, and all this other crap. And it, it's neat because I've, I've had this person around me, and my my first temptation, you know, my first thought was, well, you know what? No matter what I'm going to think about right now, it's wrong. Let's let's give this a night, right, and right. Think about it. And My thought was, is I'm not going to do anything. There's nothing for me to do, right. You know, I don't see him going out of his way to do any of this stuff. Um. Of course, this person also happens to be in the workplace, so it's a gigantic mess. Oh,
0: so okay. We,
1: we all work for essentially the same agency. It's like, oh crap! But my thought is, is you know, had it been before I had been through all this, I'd be like, oh my god, you know what? What a monster! But having been through it and you know dealt with false allegations of my own, it's kind of like, well, let's sit back and see what happens. Yeah. You know, I, I was wondering what your thought is on that, because, you know, it, it would be different if my children were somehow in danger, but they've never been in danger. You know, I just don't see any action needing to be taken.
0: Yeah. I, you know what? That's a, that right there is, is an excellent point. And it's, you really have to pick your battles, right? I mean, and if, and if you, have, you look at objectively, look at your situation and if it's something that doesn't warrant, it's, it's, my threshold now is if I wouldn't call nine one one. I'm not going to engage on it because it's it's a losing battle in my mind, you know. I mean, it, it's it's one of those things you got to just decide what's worthy of of engaging in. Now, you said on this one, it was a friend of yours' child that's yelling at you because you're bad mouthing their mom, the, your friend's ex wife, right?
1: Yeah, and it, it's it's kind of interesting because they didn't bad mouth her, so to speak. All I merely pointed out was he had a Facebook post, and I mentioned the fact that you know. Everything I knew and had heard basically matched what he had said, and and it does. Right. You know, but we have this child who's of adult age, but probably slightly too young to realize what's going on. It's like, oh, you know, he's done horrible things to the family. You know, he's destroyed the family and this that and the other. And then, you know, my first thought was, well, you know, if my children weren't as aware as they are of what's going on at the moment, mm-hmm. you know, or or weren't in the mental spot that they're at now, they probably would act the exact same way. Oh, yeah. They don't understand. Yeah. You know, I mean, let's face it. All of us, you know, this whole community, I bet you none of us understood this crap until, you know, we basically had the final poke in the eye. Well, we wish it was the final poke, but the first one we were actually able to, this is what this is.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: And then you realize that any reaction is just fuel to the fire there's no need to react there's
0: nothing to do yeah and on that situation i wouldn't i mean it's you know i guess the 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 note is okay or the mental note you know note to self is all right just make sure what i say around this other person because you just don't need extra drama and unfortunately typically in these situations whenever a child has effectively been alienated they get so defensive of not the person that's being alienated it's like right they'll throw them under the bus but the other parent It's like if anyone says anything, it's like they're hyper focused and ready to pounce that uh, you're saying something wrong or which kind of makes sense because they don't want their reality to be shattered. And for all this stuff, if it's true, then that means they've been living a lie. That means effectively that also means that the guilt that they have towards the other parent for basically treating them like crap uh, is, you know, something that they don't want to address or actually confront head on.
1: Yeah, and it's interesting because, like, my own life story, I don't know what you've seen or haven't seen, you know, in the world, but, uh, you know, the beginning of my life wasn't so great. Middle of my life wasn't so great. I would say I'm, I'm like three quarters through life. You know, I'm only 40, but for, for my history, we're, we're probably three quarters through. But, you know, I started the beginning of my life fighting tooth and nail for everything. And right. then the longer I go, the, the more I realize you can exhaust yourself fighting for things that frankly don't matter.
0: Yeah.
1: Or you can enjoy life, you know, like I'm in court again and so be it, you know, because I was having problems with trying to keep uh, a reliable schedule with the children, because as we all know, court orders are a piece of paper and narcissists only follow them when it really Mm -hmm. benefits them. Not when it doesn't.
0: Yeah, exactly.
1: You know, you got to do it, but you got to do what you can do to keep, you know, the positive focus for the kids, and then, you know, whatever you can maintain for yourself. Because if you don't work on yourself, you will be back with another narcissist. Like, I, I don't know yeah. how many people have realized this, but there's something in your life that caused you to somehow attract this kind of person. It yep. wasn't random. You know, in my case, I had childhood trauma, I had, you know, relationship trauma, and all this other stuff that went on in life. And, you know, as a result, I was the perfect victim uh, for all intents and purposes, perfect supply. Yep. And, you know, and, and I think when people get into this, you know, at the very beginning, they're like, oh, you know, I'm going to make massive progress. And it's like, well, you may have decided that, but your mind may not be able to do that. You know, be kind to yourself and make small progress, and, you know, you'll hopefully get where you want to go with it.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Great advice, man. I mean, and that's the, that's the, uh, that's the, the reality of this, it's so, once you get, once you get to that point, it's easy, but getting to that point is so difficult.
1: Yeah. And, and that's the thing, like, you know, you see people at the very beginning and everything triggers them and, and oh, yeah. you know what, I would say that's normal. I mean, I'm not a psychologist either, you know, but this is what I've seen. This is what I've experienced. And let's face it, we are the sum of our experiences. So, you know, you you start at that and then eventually you start thinking that you're the problem and then eventually you get angry because you realize not only were you not the problem, this person manipulated you into thinking it. Yeah. And then eventually as time goes on, it all settles down. You regain a better life, hopefully, than what you would have had had you stayed, if not better than even that, you know. Yeah. Life goes on, you know. No, man. It does get better. There's a lot of people don't realize that, but it does get better, but. You won't necessarily see the light at the tunnel at the middle of it. You know, it's kind of like having a forest fire surrounding <laughs> your whole place and everywhere you see there's fire, but eventually it dies down. It has to go.
0: Exactly. No, that's a great point. Man, thanks for sharing that today. I appreciate it. I mean, I know that's 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 you're dropping some major truth bombs right there.
1: Well, your channel has been quite helpful because let's face it, a lot of people, you know, if it weren't for YouTube, I mean, what would you do? If it weren't for the internet, what would you do? I mean,
0: oh man, I hear you. Know, go to the library one.
1: and be like, yeah, I guess. So I, I, I think I know somebody who has a psychological condition. I'm be like, yeah, I got a name for that. You know, where do you start? You, you can't, like, you just can't.
0: Right, you're oh. absolutely right, man. Anyway,
1: thank you for all the help, and on behalf of all of us, and uh, have a great day.
0: Thanks for calling in. Appreciate it. You know. It's kind of funny because that was the, what he was just talking about is actually what the initial topic of this was going to be. And that's, I mean, it's just basically kind of getting over the pain. And the reality is, you know, it's like you fight for things. And I, I kind of was the same way. It's like my entire life, it was like struggling, trying to get, get things, you know, get, get to the point I wanted to get to. And, uh, it just seemed like everything was a struggle and it also seemed like every time i really desired something or wanted something even if it was a job or a position or whatever it was it was like it was constantly being attacked it was like i was constantly in this running gun battle trying to to just survive and what what i did learn early on and even with this knowledge i still took me a few years to 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 reconcile this in my own head in my own relationship and that's When you really want something and someone's taking it away, a lot of times if you just say, you know what, I don't care anymore, it loses all its power. Now, just to clarify, I'm not saying, you know, you really want to have a relationship with your kids and walk away from that. I'm not saying that. You know, you got to fight for that as long as you can. But it's when you get to the point where you're like, you know what, I can drive myself insane, spinning my wheels, beating my head against the wall, trying to change the other person or, or get things to go a certain way. But if you just say, okay, you know what? I can waste the rest of my life fighting against this or being bitter or angry or just, okay, I finally get to a point where I just make my peace with it. So I actually made some notes on this. So, so let me just, I'm going to run through this real quick. And it's like the first thing I had is does the pain ever end? And this, this kind of came up in a, a discord discussion the other day. Or person was basically talking about how they had this pain in their chest that uh, just wouldn't go away. And I had the same thing, and it felt like it was never going to end. So the, the first thing is, and the last caller basically mentioned, the first thing is you have to work through that pain, right? You have to work through it. You can't just hide it. You can't put it under the bed. You can't just ignore it, because if you do, it's going to come back and bite you worse than if you just deal with it. You're already feeling the pain and I almost want to say embrace it and just grab onto it and run through the fire. Like using the analogy, the last caller was using about the, you know, being surrounded by fire and just getting through it. Yeah. You might get a little bit burned, but once you're out of it, you'll survive. Whereas if you just stay, you're never going to get any better. The next part of this is you got to realize the reality of what you're dealing with and, and effectively confront that again. That goes back to what the last caller was talking about. That if we don't do this, inevitably what will happen is we will find another person to try to teach us the same lesson. So go through it. You're already feeling the pain. Deal with it now. It freaking hurts. It's not fun. It feels terrible. But you have to go through it. Otherwise, it'll just stay the same. It's... you know, we're in these situations, we're going through it, we're already there. It's like, you know, it's like you're already in the stupid line, and you might as well pick up a couple more things before you check out. I don't know if that analogy makes sense. I just made that up real quick. The next thing that I had on here is absolute thinking, which I do talk about that. Let me move over here. If you go to the main YouTube channel, this video right here, Absolute Thinking for Recovery, I think it's critically important because effectively what it's doing is it's helping reprogram your mind to what is real. Instead of trying to be stuck or instead of being stuck in the fantasy, you have to recondition your mind to say, no, it wasn't real. It was a fricking illusion. It was a mind game. It was manipulation. It wasn't based on anything other than those things. And if you watch the video, basically, I say, even though that, you know, every other time I I say against this, but it's really important at the beginning to figure out to, to, to effectively say, okay, I'm dealing with bang, whatever it is. If it's just a toxic person that's not healthy for me, fine. And just reminded of that. If it's saying the person is NPD, fine. The the problem is, is you got to break that interrupt loop to where you're continually going around and around and around and around and around and making zero progress. The next thing is, is it find a trauma therapist in your area, if you can, who really understands and gets it. Not a normal therapist. I mean, you know, look at their, their, you know, go online, look at their ratings and see what their specialty is. And if they have a specialty in trauma recovery, they're probably you know, not to say all of them are going to be perfect on it, but that's going to be a better bet than somebody who's a brand new, you know, marriage and family count MFT who has no experience and doesn't, you know, doesn't get it. And is just following the normal playbook on how to treat a patient. Not to say that those people don't have a purpose, but I'm not, that didn't even sound right. What I'm saying is, is that you need somebody who understands and gets it, right? I mean, for instance, you're not going to go to a foot doctor if you're having lung problems. You know, they're probably perfectly fine for their specialty, but and they might know some things about the lungs, but it's not going to be, they're not, you know, they're not t- uh, on the top of the game on that. That's not their specialty. Find somebody who whose specialty is trauma and work with them. And finally on this, is you have to get to the point where you're just done. You're done with the ruminating. You're done with thinking about it. You're done with with feeling like crap. And you just, you just, you wake. Effectively, what happens is you wake up one day and you're done. And you're like, okay, I've, I've been angry for so long. I've been depressed and sad and, and upset. And you just have to basically get to the point Where you're like, okay, I beat my head against the wall enough. I'm not going to do it anymore. It took me, I think, three years to get to that point. I don't remember the exact date. One of these days I'll have to look at my notes because I could probably find it. But it takes a while to get to that point. If you're not there, that's okay. It may take you six more months. It may take you a year. It may take you two weeks. I don't know. What every one of us has a different timeline. Am I happy that it took me three years? Absolutely not. That was the most, that was the darkest time in my life. And there were times I wasn't sure if I was going to make it to the other side of this. And I never, I know, let me see. How do I say this? It's not that I never, it's like, I wasn't sure if the pain would ever go away. I used to feel like this was going to be a chronic wound that would never go away and I would just have to learn to deal with the pain now at at one point, I made my peace with that. I did not want to go there. I made my peace with that, and it was uh, I thought it was a, I thought, okay, you know what? this sucks, this is going to hurt forever, but i 'm kind of at a point to where it 's like a dull aching pain, and I can survive it. What I will tell you now is. I'm beyond that. I don't feel that anymore. I don't I don't have those same type of feelings. So more than likely, you're not going to be trapped there either. Is it going to be easy? No. Is it going to happen overnight? No. But do I believe I believe that it is going to happen for you. That you will if you work through this and you put in the work and you work on yourself and you, you know, you peer in the dark closet and shine a light in it into it to, to clear out the crap you will. So I hope the person, I don't know if the person who, who originally made that comment will hear this, but I think what I just said is important for everybody. And I wish somebody would have been able to say this to me back, back in the day. And I may have to edit out that section. Cause I just realized I fricking put the wrong screen up on when I was talking so I'll try to fix that after. All right, let me see. Uh, just, um, just to throw this out here. I think you guys are, for the most part, the community here is outstanding just to let everybody know. Uh, I, well, I might have one if Lyle's still here. I think I saw him pop up. He's a moderator, but I don't, if he's here, then I have a moderator here. Otherwise we are moder moderator lists. Debbie's been, uh, working the, uh, Uh, what do they call it? The crisis line for her job. So she's been on this two week uh, on call thing where after hours, if somebody has a crisis, they can, uh, you know, she's been picking up the phone and she just got (laughs) hammered last night. It's like every, every couple of minutes, it seemed like somebody else was calling. So, you know, we would try to talk on the phone and then she's like, Oh, got to go, got to go. So we were talking last night. I'm like, you know what? Just, just don't worry about getting up early tomorrow. Not a problem. And uh, I'm like, I'm pretty sure we'll be able to get through a Monday without it. And Lyle is here. Awesome. Thanks, man. So Lyle can keep us keep us safe. So anyways, on that, uh, hopefully that rant was good. Um, I think I have another caller who's still on the queue, who's been on the queue for 21 minutes. Sorry about that. So I'm going to try to go to you, uh, area code 845 so, let's see here. Welcome to the show.
2: Hey, Dwayne. It's Matt from New York again. How's it going?
0: Hey, Matt. How's it going? I, I didn't quite read everything, so what's going on with you?
2: Well, I want to update over the weekend, but it touches with something that I think we can all relate to maybe, and maybe you can speak to it. It's kind of the idea of who, who are they listening to, they being the spouse, the abusive spouse, okay. we want to call them, the narc spouse. Uh, who are they listening to? And I say this because like over the weekend, two things happened. Trying to make it brief, one thing happened is that me and my soon-to-be ex-wife—you know—we live together still. We have a joint checking account. It's the only joint account we ever had. I mean, We've kind of kept our finances separate. We okay. Have a joint checking account, um, and basically the only thing in there really is those uh, those those relief checks, you know, those COVID relief checks people got. I think it was twelve hundred dollars a piece. Oh right. And we just it came, it, it got deposited next. That's where the tax returns always we went. And, and he just kind of sat there, and we agreed to have him just sit there, which is whatever. Um, you know, she's uh, 1,200 is hers, 1,200 is mine. Um, got into an argument uh, or something. She wanted, She she found that something was broken in the house, something, something minor, part of the couch was broken. And uh, she said, uh, you didn't tell me that was broken. I said, I broke like a year ago. You, you know that. What? It doesn't matter. Maybe I didn't. But she says, well, I'm using the joint money to fix it. Well, I said, I said, I said, no, one day, you know, you can't just unilaterally say what we're going to use the money for. And, and so I said, well, I'm going to take my money out. Now we already filed for divorce and everything. So the money's kind of, I think, kind of like locked out. You can't really, you're not supposed to take, like, withdraw it, especially not someone else's. Right. So I said, uh, well, I'm going to take, I'm going to take my, my, my money out of it. And then she gets around her phone cause she has, uh, you know, the, auto, oh, yeah. you know, automated banking online and she says, oh. Oh, you said you're taking the money? It's gone now. The money's gone, and I think you can't do that. You can't take all the money. It's done. I just did it. It's done. So because I said I was going to take my half of the money out, she took all the money out.
0: Yeah, that doesn't
2: even make sense.
0: Oh, to the, to her she, it makes she, you know, sense. <laughs> she she thought you I were going to you were going to counter her, so she had to stop you, man. <laughs> but it, I
2: mean, I, I know, yeah, but I was I, if any, I was trying to. I literally, I literally said, and I looked back at my records. I said. I'm taking my money out. And she said, and I told her, I said, I, I told you I was taking my money out. You can't take all our money. And she says, uh, she says, no, you said you were taking the money. So within a minute, not even 30 seconds, she's saying something I said that I didn't say.
0: Oh, of course. <laughs>
2: and, uh, and, and she says, you know, she went upstairs. She said she was calling her lawyer to make sure blah, 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 blah. She said, I talked to my lawyer, so I'm fine with it. I don't even know if that's true. Is her lawyer a crooked nut that she is? Like, wouldn't uh, I feel like if I did that, my Lord said, Matt, don't do that. It doesn't help us. Don't do that. Well, so it but it seems th- like at least, again, you're only hearing from her is that this guy is as crazy as she is. And she's like, yeah, so, you know, screw him. Do it. Do some crazy stuff.
0: Well, I don't know. Yeah, um, I mean, and the, and it- the other
2: thing was, again, the the bedtime, story, putting my our son to bed is something that uh, we used to share in. And, uh, and now I think we touched on that. Probably the, the probably the, I don't call it silly, but it's one of those little silly things that always bothers me. Mm-hmm. And uh, so, again, you know, she doesn't uh, – I say, you know, I want to take him to bed tonight. No, I got it. No, thanks. No. Or she'll even block the stairway upstairs. So I guess so if I wanted to just walk him up there, I'd have to go through her. But the same thing, and my, my, I had I, I had my, my therapist suggested having my lawyer send a letter to her attorney saying, you know, this is unacceptable. It will not be respected. Uh, uh, Matt has a right to uh, – to participate in dead time ritual just as much as she does, yeah. You know, please stop doing this. She, she doesn't listen. Like I don't know, if she should have to listen. But what is? I I can imagine what her her lawyer get these letters is like. Haha, screw that. We'll do what we want. Really? Like what? So what do you think about these? What, what could be going? What do you think? What can you speak what, to that?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and so here here's the thing. And the first note I made is whenever you say who do they listen to. I think one of the problems we all have on this is that we think that, that they got to be getting advice from the wrong, you know, from the bad person. No, she's doing exactly what she wants. She's hearing what well, she's hearing what she wants from you. She's hearing what she wants from everyone else. So don't think that she's doing anything because someone else is encouraging her. Anybody out there, your ex is doing exactly what they want to do. They'll surround themselves with people who validate, you know, their their ideas but they're not getting the ideas from someone else. They're coming with up with it and doing their own thing. And on this, I mean, mm-hmm. the attorney probably is thinking, well, hell, if you take that 1200 bucks then that's going to end up in his pocket. Cause it probably is for how much all this crap is going to cost. And I mean, the mistake you made is you shouldn't have said anything, right? You should have just said, okay, quietly. And yep. this is for everybody. I mean, if you're in that situation and you're thinking about that and you're like, Oh shoot, this is a problem. Just take whatever's yours and move it. Don't tell them. Don't tell them what you're going to do because they'll do exactly that. And nowadays, whenever it's so quick to do things like that, I mean, you know, I mean, I
2: they're not here anymore. They relocated. I don't know.
0: Anyways, I'll mute him out so that his his conversation not being broadcast. But, but I mean, bottom line is, I'll go ahead and just drop that. Thanks for calling, man. Um, Bottom line is, is it, it's, we have to, it it's hard because you 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 get stuck in this mode to where you feel like at w- at least some point the person is going to be a reasonable person. So you try to use the logic, you try to use uh, you know rational communication skills, thinking that they're going to go, oh okay, I get that, that makes sense. I'll uh, yeah, you're right. You know we that's what we agreed to that we're not going to mess with that. And it's like whatever fits them in the moment is what they're going to do. And you have to understand that because if you don't, then you end up you end up putting yourselves in a situation to where you're well effectively just beating your head against the wall. Now, for the last caller, his situation is pretty complicated because he's they're in the middle of a divorce. They're still living in the same house. She's doing all kinds of crazy stuff. Like he said in this thing, it's like you know, okay. Uh, you can't read—he always would read the his his child a bedtime story. Now mom is saying, no, you can't, and won't let him, and blocks the path. I mean, stupid stuff like that. The thing on that is you just document all that because it, it shows a pattern of behavior, and you use that to say, look, something's—you know, this is messed up. Now the reality is in family court, more than likely they're going to be like, okay, they're both complicated, even though they don't—you know, they're going to just assume that it's everybody— and is is a major victory going to happen on this? If he has enough to show a, a a very bad pattern of behavior, maybe. Realistically, probably what his attorney needs to do when they first get in there is just ask for a psychological evaluation to determine why in the hell a person would do this. I apologize. There was another caller. It looks like I just lost him. I wasn't able to get to him. But that's... <laughs> You had to be very methodical about this. And unfortunately, oftentimes, especially in family court, they don't have a lot of time to deep dive in everything. Not everybody ends up going to trial. They are absolutely trying to encourage everyone to just come to a stipulated agreement, a mediated agreement. I mean, I, even in my case, the first time we were there, the judge is like, Hey, you guys are all here. I would really encourage you all to make up your own agreement Otherwise, I'm going to be deciding what's going to be best for you and your kids in your life. And you probably don't want that. I mean, so he was trying to set, the judge was trying to set down the groundwork. I mean, put fear into, people's, into people to say, okay, you need to re- figure this out. Now, the problem is, you know, normal people might, a normal person could look at it and go, oh, you know, this is just stupid. We're fighting over stupid stuff. Let's just calm down. Some people do that. Narcissistic people, t- covert narcissistic people, disordered people, they don't. They double down because they know in their mind, well, not in their mind, they know that it will just, or they know that if they keep pushing, they, ha- they every day increases their chance in their mind of victory. I'll wear him down. If I keep pushing, he'll just finally give up or she'll finally give up. That's the whole point of it. And in a lot of ways, there's a lot of people who do that. They're just like, okay, fine, whatever. I'm tired of just dumping money on the ground. I'm done with this. Let's do something different. Uh, it looks like the, uh, I think it's, I don't know if it's the same call or not, but let me pull this back up. And uh, area code 254, let me click on this. Welcome to the show. How are you doing Hello? today? Hello, how are you doing? You are on the hey, air. How are, how
3: are you doing, buddy?
0: I'm doing good. All right, I'm okay.
3: Yeah, I was just calling about um. I just recently divorced. Okay. Um. So everything went through. Um. <clears throat> I we had me and a woman. We had four kids together, and I found out like the way she left. But we had a lot of bad things happen in the past. You know, because we were in a relationship with a narc. Oh man. You know, because a lot of people are out here going through these problems, and they don't know what they're dealing with.
0: Yeah, you're right. They
3: just know they're dealing with a person that just. They just know they're dealing with a person because, you know, back then, you know, people just think they're dealing with a person that's just crazy. Right. Like, they know they going from person to person. But, you know, I was heartbroken and I was still trying to fix my marriage. But once I started looking it up on the Internet and, you know, it came across narcissism,
0: yeah. you
3: know, and I'm like, wait a minute. She's she's always upset. You know, in the past, it would be some new guy, which is the triangulation. Yep. You know, and all this stuff. And I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> this is this is naming this individual to a team. So, you know, during the divorce, I lost custody of my arm, because we have four kids together, three girls and one boy. So I left her in Texas, and I moved to Florida with my son, because even my son, he saw the behavior his mother was doing with this new guy, we're still married, and it, it repelled my twelve-year-old son to the point he didn't want to be around his mother anymore. He hated it, you know. Yeah. You know he would come to me. These these not, these wicked people. They don't even care the damage that they're doing to their own
0: children. Nope, they do not.
3: You know they they are extremely selfish people. You know, and um, <clears throat> imagine trying to tell your child. You know, he's, you know, my son is in tears. Like, daddy, why is mommy acting like this? And yeah. Imagine trying to explain that. You know, I'm like, son, you know, I, I don't really want to explain it to him. The rough on this listen, I, I just try to tell him, because this is once I came to knowledge of understanding what narcissism was. I'm like, son, it's just sometimes as adults, we, to a degree, grow apart. Yeah. And one person just kind of stops caring about um the other person's feelings and they just decide to live the way they want to live you
0: yeah know? it's it's and still it, t- it's it still r- super tough for a kid though because he just isn't going to get it
3: right so he's in pain because he doesn't he doesn't want to be around his mother anymore and um you know so now he ends up you know he leaves with me so he leaves behind his, his, his sisters and um, let, let alone the pain I went through because um, of, the, of, of the traumatic event. Um, me no longer being around, you know, not not being the same presence as my daughters. Yeah. You know, it's even hard to FaceTime and to talk to them. It's, it's so many nights um, as a man that I've just broken down to myself. Yeah. And just being so much, like these people are, they cause so much pain in your life. And they don't, it's, it's amazing. The
0: selfishness is amazing. It is. You know? And, and it's coming yeah. to the realization that somebody can be like that, that they can do it to you. And then just as you're starting to grapple with that, then you start seeing them effectively doing it to you, to their kids. And you're just left dumbfounded because it's like, how in the hell can a person do that? But fortunately, you know, like I, you said, whenever you start, when you start researching this and realize that the patterns of behavior are so, are so common then you start to get answers. Right. You're like, holy crap, this is exactly what I was dealing with my entire life.
3: Exactly. Right. Like, it yeah. is, it, the, the, the patterns were so on point. It was mind blowing because a lot of people, they feel like they're in this alone. They have no idea. They just think they're dealing with this person that just don't yeah. care.
0: Yeah, exactly. So they're
3: thinking, you know, that, yeah, that they feel alone. So it, it's so important. For people who understand, to try to reach out to people who are going through this that they know, and let them know, and show them these videos and, and these broadcasts. Let them know so they can open their eyes, hopefully, and see that you're not alone in this. Yeah, and you know, I'm on. You know, I listen to a lot of narcissist videos um, every day to get over this. Yep, you know, because it's it's traumatic. Um. I suffer heavy from anxiety now. You know, um, I'm in the middle of therapy.
0: Good, good. And
3: all these things, yeah, yeah. It, you know, you, you need it, and it's, it's crazy because in your mind you're like, you, 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 in your mind you feel like you're over it, but because I was I was with it for 17 years. Yeah. So, so it's like it's so crazy how the mind works because. In your heart, you're like, okay, I'm over this. But your mind is so damaged through all the abuse. Yeah. All the gaslighting. All the, all the triangulation with other guys. Um, Even after the relationship is over, you know, people yep. will come to you out of the dark and be like, man, listen. She was doing, listen, listen, listen. You're like, whoa! <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, some people... Don't even come to your until after they know you're out of the situation to yep. update you on things that was going on that you had no idea this person was doing behind your back. And it's still traumatizing. And to know that all along, this person really never loved you.
0: Yeah, it's a tough one. You know? Hey, I'm going to have to. We're almost out of yeah. time, man. But I really appreciate you calling okay. in and sharing okay. that. And just keep... Keep plugging along, man. I mean, you know, it takes it takes it takes time to get through all this.
3: Yes, yes. But all right, man. I, I really appreciate giving me time on your show. But yeah, we got to reach out to people and let them know, man. You, you know, not alone. It helps to know that this is a this is a a lot of people are going through this. Yes. Yeah.
0: You know, he's right. You know, I mean, and it's like everything he was talking about this last caller is exactly the same thing I was going through. When I would have the epiphanies that oh my god I was living a lie, it would just crush me. And then I would, I felt so freaking alone. I felt like oh my god this is, I, this is unreal. And these communities really do help. Whenever it's like oh my god other people have it, or when the first time people do that search on narcissism and they're like holy crap there's a picture of my ex right there because everything that they do you know one two three four five okay maybe you know maybe they don't do four but they do you know four out of five of the things on the list or seven out of ten and it just finally opens things up finally you know makes it to where you can see what's going on but on that this is wrapping up today let me uh do my thank you guys so much for hanging out with me on this monday I'm actually surprised the show didn't implode on itself, to be perfectly honest, (laughs) because so now I'll have to spend some more time getting the other things going. Uh, I do want to say, let's see here. Thank you for the channel members, for all the people who have decided to support the channel and uh, click on that button to join. I really appreciate it. It helps keep the lights on. Guys, be kind to yourself. Just know this takes time. You're not alone and you're going to get through this.